We're still going to take a brief prayer for fathers. I know Amazie did an amazing job on that, still, but I still want us to just touch base on that. Uh, give me the book of First Chronicles 4.10. 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10. It's talking about the prayers of Jabez. And there are two things in that. It says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, DJ. Okay. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you will keep me from evil, that I will cause, I may not cause pain. So God granted his request. Go to verse 9. Bible first said something that Jabez is an is a honorable man. So one of the first prayers we're going to take for all the men in your life, fathers, we're going to pray that God will make them honorable. God will make them honorable. Church, we are praying. I didn't need to express that. That your father, be it biological, be it spiritual, any man around you, that God will make them honorable. Because the Bible says, Jabez was an honorable man among his brethren. Among those who were around him, his brothers, his family, he was a honorable man. Father, I decree and declare, Lord, my father is an honorable man. Mr. Mekachibo, you are an honorable man. Lahibrado, Pastor Kingsley, you are an honorable man. Hey, I am an honorable man. Father, as we celebrate this Father's Day, we decree, we declare, our fathers are not. Hey, Kahibados, they are honorable. In Jesus' name. In that verse 10, he said, Enlarge my coast. Enlarge my coast. It might not necessarily be in terms of money alone, but the area of influence. Being able to take stand over their family. Being able to do things they're supposed to do. So we're going to pray for our fathers. Father, enlarge their coast. Enlarge that area of influence. Church, we're praying for our fathers. Father, bring my fathers before you. Baba, enlarge their coast. Increase them. Increase their capacity. Increase their capacity to function as a father. Enlarge their coast, Baba. Enlarge them. Is it in their workplace? Is it in their business? In their family? Enlarge them in the name of Jesus Christ. Increase them on all sides. In Jesus' name. And lastly, there's a part that said, come on. What was the translation you used before? I thought it cost no pain. All I had pain in it. Okay. The last part says, and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. That I will be free from pain. Majority of women, let me not say majority, but some women, they are going through that. Their husband are the source of their pain. So we're going to pray for our fathers. That, that will not be the case. Even for intending fathers, intending husbands to be. For you, the young one, begin to make that declaration. Your husband will not be your source of pain in your marriage. Your husband will not be your prayer point. That you'll be praying. And, no, that will not be. Prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. My fathers, but there will not be any source of pain to me. 
There is not a source of pain to my mother. There is no source of pain, Lord, Baba. Hey, even me, I will not be a source of pain. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We bring all the fathers before you. We decree, I will declare, Baba, you will make them honorable. Anything that will bring shame, we remove from their life in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask also you expand them, Lord. Baba, expand, enlarge their territory. Enlarge their area of influence. Baba, increase their capacity to function as fathers. And Father, may they no cost, no pain. Thank you, awesome God, for in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Happy Father's Day. I'm talking about fatherhood. Fatherhood is a choice. To be a father is a choice. Because it's not necessarily who brought the sperm that is a father. Because in these days now, donors are there. Donors are there. So fatherhood is a choice. And I need the guys, you need to make that deliberate consciousness, that deliberate act to be a father. It's not enough. Let me speak to the young ones, the single ones first. It's not enough to toast. That's just the beginning. It's not enough to have all the money. Father is not necessarily about the money. It's more than money. I would encourage you to go over to Pastor Case LDM side. There are seven things a man should provide. And one of it is just money. It's just money. On Friday, I was fortunate to be my children's um, Father Day celebration. And you could see for the children whose fathers were not there, you could see the pain, the disappointment in their faces. You could see the disappointment in their faces. So I will say it again. Father is not necessarily you providing money. It's more than that. It's you being available. You've been there to provide direction, to provide support. You see, in that event, all they needed to do was to show up. And you would have made the day for their children. See, your children, they're not concerned about school fees. It's not their issue. If you ask them what they want, money is not in their list. It's not in their list. All they simply want, Father, come and, come and play with me. I want to ride bicycle. I want to go and swim. They have a laundry list of things. Yes, you might say as a father, they need money to do that thing. But that's your own concern. Because you took the drivers when you toasted their, their mom. But for them, they need you to be there. So fathers, we need to be present. We need to be present. You need to be available at your post, your duty post. We need to be there because our children, particularly our sons, our daughters, they need us. They need us. One way I always explain fatherhood is this. In machinery, pardon me, I always like to go back to engineering to explain some things, and that's my background. If you want to make up um, like an engine block, they must produce it. For that thing to take place, they always have one that's been handmade. And every other one will be a replica 
of that. In your family as a father, that's who you are. That replica from which every other children, every other generation will come out from. So just imagine you are not there. And what's the image the children have? Disjointed. Parenthood is not just the mother's role. It's a role for both. The, the mothers have their own role to play. Fathers have their own role to play. But for fathers, you have a lot of role to play there. Because if you're not there, if you go and, like, we don't have so much statistics here in Nigeria, but have the majority of people, are guys who are in cell, in jail, are from single home. The fathers were not there. So, fathers, I just want to charge us, intending husbands, and I need you to take that decision to be a father. I need to take that decision to be a father. Just have taken that decision to be a husband. Also take that decision to be a father when the children come in. Praise the Lord. So let me dive into what we have for today. So we're talking about from breakdown to what? From breakdown. And last week, the uh, minister, Dessa and Mr. Wally did an amazing job talking about honoring your father. The role the pastors, they play. In you moving from breakdown to breakthrough. One thing that is key in moving them from Egypt to Israel, to the promised land, was simply God was trying to push their mind of the image they had. If you read that entire story, they kept saying, let's go back. The cucumber is there. This one is there. Chicken did there. This one did there. Water did there. There are so many things they were looking forward to. Because that's the last picture they have of what a good life is. And Pastor K encourages us that it's a biblical principle for you to go and spy the land. That it's a biblical for you to go and spy the land. And that's what God did. When he took them and they said next, he said, okay, select about 12 of you. Go back to the promised land. And come back with a report. The expectation that they, when they come, they will ginger like, wow, man. There's grapes. There's apple. There's banana. There's better cow. There's ram. Not the ones we have in Egypt. That's what the excitement. You are free to build your own land, to own your own property. These are the things God expected them to convey. That when the message came back, it was a different thing. Only Joshua and Caleb came with a good report. That for us to move from that break, for breakdown to breakthrough, that that promise land is good. We just need to pursue it. Nigeria is bad. Difficult, if I put it this way. But like I always say, it's good for me. It's good for me. And it's been good for you. So in your thinking, in your prayers, don't focus so much on the negativity in Nigeria. Don't. Because that's what impaired them from going forward. They were so much focused on the negativity that they couldn't move forward. Yes, social media, news, that's almost all you hear. But you need to what? Censor what you hear. 
The Bible says, guard your heart. For heart of it are the, what, the issues of life. Invariably, it, it, it determines the direction you go. So you need to guard it. You need to create that picture. You need to create that mental picture of where you want to go. And sometimes God, he tells us in dreams, revelation, in your, in your work with him, in your fellowship, your prayer time, you do that. He comes and tells you, this is it. It's left for you to take that picture and run with it. So in Habakkuk, he says, write the vision, make it plain, so that he that run it will see it and run. So you need to make it clear. What is that vision you have constantly? That you're viewing every day. What's that thing you're looking at? In your business. Concerning Nigeria. That you're constantly focused on. Because at the end of the day, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will declare. Out of what you're saying, you've taken him. Because the highs and entrance into your spirit, into your soul. Out of all you've ingested, that's what you will declare. So that's why you need to be conscious of what you're focusing on in Nigeria. Yes, we have a government that is challenging. Dollar, man, now is a different thing entirely. Fair price is a different story. Transportation is a different one again. But still, you need to just focus on the right have the right attitude. Let me put it that way. Because that's what we'll be talking about today. The right attitude. For some of us, I know growing up, I saw Gary. Mama. And Popo, we should all again. Popo Gary. Do you know the Popo Gary? Who knows? Is that dry one? The cassava. You know, when we Growing up, when we eat it, it feels like it's food of what? Suffering. Man, now, last week I ate it. I was. Hmm? <laughs> water or <no> water? <laughs> what are they say bottle? What are they say glass? On a sachet? Now, water? But the thing there is, is a different attitude. Then taking it to look like her. We didn't add so much. But then it's still the same situation, the same food. It hasn't changed. See, Nigeria will be better. It will. But you just need to have the right attitude. You just need to have the right attitude. Because the truth is, one thing they didn't have was that attitude. They were going through a challenging time, a difficult period. But they didn't have the right attitude. So we need to have that right attitude because one thing I'm going to share there is you are responsible for your attitude. Whatever challenge you're going through, the difficult situation you're going through, how you react, it's within you. You will decide it. You will decide it. You will decide it. 
you have a set goal you want to go. There's a place you want to reach. There's something God has asked you to go, to do. But from point A to point B, it's your decision how you go through it. Are you going to go through complaining, crying? Because ultimately, one way or the other, God's word will be fulfilled. Let me use this to explain a bit. So for the job I have, um, so when we got the employment, so my company said we're going to train us for a year. So when I entered there, and for you to be employed, you need to pass. The one thing I told myself, I said, what did I do for university? I can't do it again. TBD. Because any year, I will still pass. That's the attitude that I had. But any year, I will still pass. But I don't want to stress myself going TBD, jacking, do all of that, stressing yourself because they want, I want to get employment. So from the day one, I told myself, I will pass this exam. I will come out on top. But I will not go through that stress part. Your attitude is your responsibility. See, not that I'm bragging, but mechanical day, the course, I got 98 over 100. And that's all my score within 90 and 100. So the question I'm telling is your attitude. I know some of my colleagues, they were, were sleeping because they were, were housed in a very good environment. I will see, you know what they will do. Self-contained. We are flexing. Some people will leave that comfort of ease and everything. Go to classroom. Be reading. To a time, the training manager will come to class 2 a.m. Be driving people. Go and sleep. Go and sleep. See, I'm not talking about the um, hard work. It's good. It's good to do that hard work. But you need to have that right attitude. Now, now Gary and Granota get for now. He said, I, I eat them, they smile, they, they, they flex, or they cry, they eat them. Anyhow, the food gets better. It's one destination. True. So, why go through the Pain, they cry, they will save you money. When you can just be joyful. And that will lead me to when women worship. Ladies, don't miss it. Because the Bible says, with joy, you will pull. Say with joy. Say with joy. Because you know this is not it. Dollar price will always go. You're not consign me. When it was $200, we would complete it. We don't finish. We're like, hey, this is bad. This is bad. Now you don't reach 400 Oh, it was 500 self. See, I'm not, I'm not a prophet of doom, but one thing you will know. Like a message I was listening yesterday. Winter is coming. See, if you read the book of Matthew 24, it will get dark. It will get dark. It will get dark. But it's left for you to shine. Because Isaiah 61 says, get me, it says you should arise because your light 
has come. How would they know you're shining bright when it's not dark? So you need to have the right attitude. You get touchlight, if it's too small, you put it under. I don't mean they're noticing that touchlight. As far as light, be bold to bring it out. Be bold to bring it out. Smile while you go through that uh, situation. Go through it with your head up high. Because definitely you will come out at the end. Like they will say, there's light or what? But that light don't be nepal light. Because I say, if the light, <laughs> they'll confuse you. Is it the same that I'm seeing or what did happen? It's a general off. <laughs> Before I don't finish. So you're responsible for your attitude. Look, at the end of the day, it's about your perspective. How are you viewing that situation? The children of Israel, they have to go through the desert. That's what God has said. It's a definite that they must go from breakdown to breakthrough. It's a definite. It's a definite. Because the Bible says the part of the just shines brighter and brighter. That's God's word. But what's your perspective of it? How are you viewing it? How are you handling that situation? Are you always, ah, because your spouse is going through one challenge or the other and quarrel? Because like Pastor Wally say, say anger is a wasted emotion in marriage. Why are you angry? When at the end of the day, you still settle. You get it. Why delay it? You keep silent. Silent treatment. One week, two weeks, three weeks. Then for the guy, when Konji owe you, you not go back. So then why bother go through all of that silence? Because you're wasting time. Time that you cannot get back. That whole situation, you cannot get them back. The one week, the two weeks, it's all gone. It's all gone. See, challenges will come. But your perspective is important. How you view it. How you handle it. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. There's a book I read a long time ago. Anthony Robbins said something key. So why do we, when we lose a loved one, why, why do we cry? Somebody just expected that you should cry. Because that's what you see people do. It's really a choice. It's really a choice. How you respond to situation is really your choice. And I will take you to Philippians 4. It's really your choice. Philippians 4, 8. We'll start from verse 7, I think. Start from verse 7. Okay. 
And the peace of God, which transcends all in the sun, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Go to the next. Find my brothers and sisters. Whatever is true. Okay, get me the King James. Okay, that will help. Just give me a minute. Because some of look, what I read is different from what you're showing me. Okay, Philippians 4, 8. Let me read the message translation. Give me the message. Okay, it says, sum it all up, friends. I say to you, do your best. To do what? Who's going to feel? Is it my responsibility? It's your responsibility to fill your mind. It's not the responsibility of God. Or the Holy Spirit. It's your responsibility to fill your mind. Your responsibility to view it, to see this action, this thing that is happening, and say, Well, this has gonna happen for me. It's your responsibility. So I said to you, do your best by filling your minds and meditating on what? Things. That are true. Not necessarily on the facts. The facts are okay. But the facts will change. The facts will change. Why I feel like I can still achieve that project, that goal, when dollar price is this high. It doesn't change God. God wants to do what he wants to do. Whether the dollar price is high or not, he wants to do what he wants to do. When you think you're getting up to 35, there's no husband. He wants to do what he wants to do. Whether you've waited for five years, six years, seven years, waiting for that child to come, he wants to do what he wants to do. Whether you waited for so long to be healed of that ailment, God wants to do what he wants to do. But in that period of you waiting to the point you get your breakthrough, what did he say you should do? Fill your mind on those things that are true. That's a fact right now. You are in a particular situation, dilemma, situation that looks real, but that is not the end. So you need to make that conscious effort to fill up your mind. Go back to that verse. So things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, not the worst. You get it? Not the worst. Media outlets is those worst news they use to pull in people. There's something I've learned growing up. After I had my, I, my dad narrated one of his experiences, Thing he used to travel, we live in Wari, to Bini regularly. So in one of those situations when he traveled, there was an accident. And it was really that bad that internal stuff were exposed. And he said for days, whenever he's eating, that's the image just being in front of him. Why, why is he eating? It's one thing I learned. Images impact me. 
So when I see accident, I look straight. I don't bother. I don't bother. I want like, mm-mm. Or like my wife. She wants to look. Then come home and complain. So it goes back to what I said. It's your responsibility. When you know those things that will impact you, you know those things that will skew your mindset, avoid it. Guard your heart. Because that's where decisions be made from. In the world of IT, there are encryption layers upon encryption layers on your banking software. For you, all you simply do is key a password and it goes. But for that, on the back end, there are encryption layers upon encryption layers that have been put in place that hackers cannot just easily come and take your funds. Same thing you need to do. Your mind is your prized possession. Something God has given to you. You need to protect it at all costs. You need to protect it at all costs. What are those images that are constantly flipping through? What is it you're fixing your mind on? What is it you're binging on? That on a weekly basis, at the end of the day, when you're going to bed, like, hey, I have to go for plan B. Against God's word. Not that plan B is bad. Because out of desperation, out of being tired and everything, because of what you've put into your mind, you want to go to something else. So don't focus on the worst. Say the beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Is your responsibility. Trouble is inevitable. But misery is a choice. It's optional. Trouble will come. For every married couple here, if you ask them, they've gone through one challenge or the other. They've gone through it. They've gone through it. But they know when the next cycle of challenge comes, they know it's, all they need to do is what? Weather the storm. I will actually recommend you go to the uh, message of last week. One thing we are told, you need to be what? Grounded. You need to be grounded. Because that's when the storm will come. When the storm is coming, you just have to just go back and drink the shield. Because you know this storm will pass. I know they come out because I'm planted in the word. You will not fret. Because you know where you are planted. So you need to have the right attitude. Have the right perspective. Yesterday, I was supposed to go to... Okay, I actually went to Ikorodu. So, I've already planned. Use Google Map to check and everything. You know, take me from church to Ikorodu about uh, one hour, 15 minutes. So, while in church, somebody just straight up to Pastor Chico. like, ah, why not go through the water? Said, okay. That's an option. And I actually checked from here to, by the way, where you have the jetty. 
like one hour, 20 minutes. Finally, I went through Badoe. And to cross the water was just like 10 minutes. By the end of the day, it was one of the best trip I took. The point I'm trying to bring in this, you will still get your, de- your destination. You will still get there. But it's your choice. You're responsible. You're responsible for that decision. You're responsible for that action. Because Pastor K. Wally said this, opportunities and challenges will always come. They will always come. They will always come. But it's your attitude, your preparation towards it. How do you take them? Do they come and you are all crying, all screaming, all complaining, all shouting, all training feet for it? Or you're simply just say, I'll look up to the hills. From where's connect my help? So my word for you today, as you move from breakdown to breakthrough. Have the right attitude. And one, you're responsible for that attitude. And your perspective is important. The challenges will come. They will. They will. But the Bible says there's no challenge that I've taken you that God hasn't equipped you to overcome it. He has given you everything you need. Everything you need. Like he also says, he cast all your cares upon me, for he careth for you. So just want us to begin to pray with that scripture. Say, cast all your cares. I don't know what's troubling you. I don't know the challenge you're going through, the difficulty. But let us a few minutes of being to cast all your cares on him. Being to cast all your cares on him. Being to trade up to him. And if you can't really express it, I just need to be in exalt him. Just being to look up to him. The author and the finisher of your faith. The author and the finisher of your faith. The author and the finisher of your faith. Look up to him. Father, we give you praise. Father, we bring up our cares before you. We bring all our cares before you. We bring all our cares before you. Baba, we leave them up to you. Hey, we look up to the author and the finisher of our fate. Father, Lord, we give you praise. We thank you for the right attitude. Because we know these two shall pass. Whatever we are facing, these two shall pass. But we will remain. We will remain strong. We will remain strong. Father, I bring your children before you. We bring every one of us before you. I stand on the covenant of this house and I declare a blessing over these ones. I command your blessing over them. 
as a step forward into this week. As a step forward into this week, whatever the enemy will throw at them, Father, raise up a standard. We'll lift up a standard over them. We will lift up a standard over them. We actually ask that their hands are strengthened, Baba. Like your word says in Proverbs 18, you've trained my hands to war, Psalm 18. You've trained our hands to war. Strengthen this one. That whatever they come their way this week, Baba, their hands are strong to handle. Their feet are fast. Hey, their feet will not sleep. Hey, these ones, their feet will not sleep in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. You be praised, you be exalted. For in Jesus' name we prayed. Amen and amen. Before I step down real quick, thank you. I just want to remind us of our seed for the generator. That's still ongoing, please. Like we said, we we're trying to raise um, a total of about 45 million naira to get a bigger generator and additional ACs for the church and also to complete some other projects within church. The car park and some other minor stuff. So please... I will encourage you to be a part of this. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412. Or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org. David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.